Welcome back to Twitch on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blunder, this is Abe Lovich, and in this special episode, we are going to be covering pretty much the entire offseason and the last few rounds of the playoffs. As we mentioned in our last episode that we released a couple months ago, me and Abe will not be you know, recording for pretty much the whole summer, but uh, we both came back from the summer or what we're doing this summer. So yeah, I mean... We're just going to get right into it. We're going to start with the playoffs. Abe, want to get started with that? Yeah, let's get right into it. Just want to say first, it is so great to be back. Uh, but let's get into it. There was a Tampa Bay-Long Island series. The Tampa Bay Lightning beat the New York Islanders in seven games. And fun fact about that, Andre Vasilevsky won game seven with a shutout. He dominated. And one of the, Leo, you info them on the next series. Uh, well, actually, well, leading on to that, Vasilevsky, including the finals, which we'll get into very soon. Um, Vasilevsky has had a shutout in five consecutive clinching games, which is ridiculous. But um, in Montreal versus Vegas, Montreal beat Vegas in six. A shocker. Um, I honestly expected Vegas to sweep. I thought, you know, Montreal over Toronto, you know, that, that's cool. Toronto sucks. Haha, it's Toronto. You know, and then they uh, sweep the Jets. Like, <laughs> okay, Montreal, you can stop now. And then they beat Vegas. So like, oh, oh, no. And, um... Yeah, and then eventually Tampa played Montreal in the finals where Tampa won in five games. Again, another 1-0 win. Ross Colton with the only goal. It was nice. Uh, Tampa, back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. I mean, they definitely deserved it, honestly. I mean, but there was a lot of controversy. The 18 mil over the cap, whatever, like, because they, like, kind of, okay, pretty much you don't get it. They had, like, they were in the cap space, and then if you're, like, on long-term IR or something, like, it doesn't count. So then Kucherov was on long-term IR, and then they, like, brought him back right for the playoffs. They took him off, so it didn't count towards the salary cap. So pretty much they were over the salary cap by, like, $18 million. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's legal. Chicago did this before. Uh, Tampa won. I think they deserve to win. Yeah, and, like, it sucks to see a team go back-to-back, but they were just so dominant throughout the entire playoffs. And so, like, they really deserved the win. They played harder than everyone else. They had the skill. They had the talent. Big shout-out to Andre Vasilevsky. He played phenomenally throughout this entire playoffs. He got the shutout in Game 5, like you said, and he was absolutely phenomenal. And with with what you said about how, like, they would say, oh, they're 18 mil over the cap, I feel like every time any team wins a cup, there are excuses. With every single time, every single one. Last, like, take the Tampa Bay's first cup of these two. Like, people were like, hey, it's in the bubble. It doesn't really count. It doesn't really count. And it happens every single Stanley Cup win. It's just what happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, two years ago, just thinking about, like, the Blues. No one was like, oh, whatever. Because, you know, there was a nice Cinderella story in Washington. Not really. But, like, Pittsburgh, oh, whatever. Back-to-back. Oh, Crosby, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um, Tampa won. Good for them. But now we're going to get into the actual offseason because we missed the last two. Um, series, very sorry. Big first notable thing was the Seattle expansion draft where they took one player from each team and besides Vegas, sorry, besides Vegas. And um, because they were exempt because they're new. And pretty much the rules were you can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. So an example of that, like if you have more than three really good defensemen and you want to protect more of them and you care less about the forwards, then you can do that. Yeah, but let's get right into who was picked in the first pick of that draft. The Seattle Kraken selected from the Colorado Avalanche, Yunus Donskoy, 
Uh, personally, I think it was a pretty good pick, pretty solid given who Colorado protected. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Um, next up, we got John Quinville from Chicago. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna analyze these a little more later, but we're just gonna briefly go over them. Then Gavin by Rayther, I don't know, he's not very important. And then from St. Louis, they took Vince Dunn. From Boston, they took Jeremy Lausen, and from Montreal, they took Cole Fleury. Yep. From Vancouver, they took Cole Lind. From Washington, they took Vitek Vanacek. And from Arizona, they took Tyler Pitlick. And then over in New Jersey, they took Nathan Bastian. From Anaheim, they took Hayon Fleury. And and from Calgary, they took Mark Giordano, Giordano their captain. Yeah. Philly, uh, they took Carson... Torinsky. Uh, Carolina, they took Morgan Geeky. From the Islanders, they took Jordan Edmund. Yeah. From the Jets, they took Mason Appleton. From the Kings, they took Curtis McDermott. And from the Lightning, they took, they selected Yanni Gord. Toronto, they picked Jared McCannon. Uh, Oilers, they took Adam Larson. And from the Panthers, they took Chris Drieger. From Pittsburgh, they took Brandon Tanev. From Nashville, they took Kelly Yonrock. And from New York Rangers, they took Colin Blackwell. From the Detroit Red Wings, they picked Dennis Tulisky. From Buffalo, they took Will Borgen. And from uh, the Senators, they took Joey Dacker. From San Jose, they took Alexander True. From Dallas, they took Jimmy Olesek. And the final pick, they took Carson Sosi from the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, uh, we're just going to go over, say... Our best pick, our worst pick, and then three things they could have done differently. Um, my, the best pick, in my opinion, Vince Dunn from the St. Louis Blues. I think he's honestly, I think he could be the best player here. I know it's controversial because there's great players like Everly and Giordano and Gord, but I do think Vince Dunn is one of the most underrated players in the entire league, and I think he was the best pick here. Yeah, um, for my best pick here, I'm going to go with Jordan Everly. As you mentioned, he might be – I'm going to be one of those guys saying something else. I think he's phenomenal on both sides of the puck. He's he's a great player. And I think looking at this list, there's a lot of bottom liners on this. There's very few players you would call stars or really – I think – personally, I think that Seattle really messed up. They could have taken a lot better players from different teams, but I'll, we'll get into that really shortly. But for their best pick, I'm going to go with Jordan Everlay. Yeah, I mean, Everly's really good. I can totally see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, they did make some good picks here. I think, like, Carson Soucy was a good pick, and Alexiak was a good pick, and Drieger was a good pick. And also, I think um, from the Oilers, Adam Larson was a good pick. But yeah. I think Vince Dunn was the best. Yeah, I really see why you say that. I'm going to get into the opposing view a little later. But, Leo, why don't you give me the worst pick here? Uh, the worst pick, in my opinion, is Carson Twarinski. Um, it wasn't even like from or from Philly. They didn't even, they didn't even need to like do anything. Cause like Vegas, sometimes they took just like pretty bad players, but they'd get like a second or third round pick with it too, just to make sure that they wouldn't take another player, you know, as part of an agreement, they could have taken Shane Goss there who honestly had a terrible season this year, but is it overall like recent, not like this past season, but season before he's like pretty good. And I just think they could have taken Goss to spare. He's only going to make $1 million this year. They definitely could have done that. It wasn't even that big of a cap crunch. And so, yeah, that's why Philly's pick is the worst pick in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to take 
Joey Dacord as like the worst pick here. I feel like they didn't really need him from Ottawa, and there were better. There were just so many better goalies on so many different teams available that like if looking at who people people protected in this draft, I would say that there's so many great goalies out there that they didn't take, but and there were so many better forwards that they could have taken from Ottawa, and yet they chose Joey Dacker, their goal, their like backup goalie instead. I don't really get it. it doesn't make too much sense to me, and judging by everyone else here, it seems like the worst one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do agree with you, but I don't think – I mean, Joey Dacker's like not bad, but I just think – I've never heard of Carson was something. Like, so therefore, that's why Shane Goss is the worst. Or sorry, Philly's picks the worst. Um – and we're going to move on to three things that they could have done differently. For me, number one is they could have made deals like Vegas. Vegas has or had a ton of draft capital just because they picked like amp players. And then actually those players that they picked ended up being really good. And then they also got draft picks for them. That is one reason why Vegas is doing very well. The second one is you either choose to like tank or be contenders, but they kind of chose to be mediocre. Like, they could have picked a better roster. They gave up bad contracts and free agency to players that kind of, like, made – it does it does make them better, like, for the next couple of years. But, like, I, I I don't know. They're going to be mediocre. I think they'll be a fringe playoff team, especially in a weak division. Yeah. And lastly, not give out huge contracts and free agency. They had a ton of cap space. They spent all of that on Phil Grubauer, who's good, and then some other players who I think were just way overpaid. The term was just way too long. I think it was just bad. Yeah, uh, for my three things that they could have done differently, I'm going to go with specific players for a couple of them. For Montreal, they took Cole Fleury, which he's great, don't get me wrong, but but Carey Price was available. I know Carey Price was dealing with a little bit of injury. He didn't have the best contract, but if I'm Seattle, I'm looking at this man who just carried a mediocre team to the to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he was he was phenomenal for them, well, even though, except for until came to Tampa, but... Carey Price is still a top goal in the league without a question, even though he's older. He's going to be playing this upcoming season, which they announced that he had a successful surgery and Carey Price would be all healthy to play right after the Seattle draft, which was, I think, a little bit of a dirty move on Montreal's part. But and I think they, they get, Carey Price is just so good, and they just passed up on that missed opportunity. And then another thing, I know, Leo, you said that Vince Dunn was like your best pick here, but... I still think they should have gone with Tarasenko instead. Like, don't get me wrong, Dunn is, is fantastic, but Tarasenko is just a better player. He's a bit stronger. He's a bit more proven. And with a lot of young guys that they took from a lot of different teams here, I feel like they need a bit of leadership. I mean, in my opinion, Tarasenko, he's a lot more risky than Vince Dunn. Tarasenko coming off a major injury. And so, eh. but Price over, like, uh, Price, actually, okay, first Montreal kind of finessed. Seattle, which I do respect, because they said he might not even play this season, and then they, oh, because okay, sorry, they let Price like on be unprotected so they can protect Jake Allen because they were probably gonna pick Jake Allen, and then for Price they were like, oh, whatever, like he probably won't even be able to play this year, and then as soon as they didn't take Price, they're like, nah, we'll play. He's good. It's dirty. It's kind of it's kind of a nice finesse. Although I do disagree with you. I don't think Price is better than Flurry. I think Flurry is very good, but I don't think. Vegas would have traded Flurry in division. Pro- probably, but anyway, like for my third thing that they could have done differently here, it's like they focused more and like they didn't really focus on this draft so much. They, they instead 
built up most of their team for this upcoming season free agency with trades. They sort of used them as a crux for this draft, and they didn't really do it. Like you said, they weren't. They chose to not take it or and not be a contender, but to be mediocre. I feel like they really didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense to me. I mean, they kind of just, in my opinion, they just set themselves back a bunch of years because they're probably not going to win now, and they're not going to be set up for the future. They just set themselves back and then do that. I mean, Seattle probably. Well, honestly, we'll see because Vegas. We did not expect them to be good, and they were good. They're in a weak division. It's definitely possible that they that Seattle can make the third uh, third seed in uh, Pacific. We'll see. I mean, if they do and they end up being really well, you can say I'm wrong. But I honestly don't think that they'll be super super good. Yeah, like we don't really know what will happen until they play. Yeah, I think there's there's a huge wild card team. I I really have no idea what's going to happen, but I think they'll just miss the, miss the playoffs or either just make the playoffs. Yeah, they're definitely a middle of the pack team. They'll probably in terms of like. Season points come in like mid range, mm-hmm. probably below average. Would just make the playoffs with the division teams, probably. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but I would say they still got a great logo and color design. They, they do. They have sick logo, sick color design, and a sick uh, social media team too. Oh yeah, they've been fantastic on Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, they make some cool videos, and they announced the picks pretty cool too. Yeah, they've been quite entertaining. Uh, they've done a better job than Vegas has, in my opinion. They're like, at least when Vegas first became, they didn't really do such of a big job, like social media. But, well, now Seattle has like more followers on Instagram than like a third of the teams in the NHL. I know. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, see, like Seattle, like, they've, they've done a great job marketing that. And the NHL, who's normally not great at marketing stuff, has honestly not been bad marketing Seattle. Yeah. How many followers do you think they have again? Seattle, uh, if I had to take a random guess, probably 416,000 followers. Yeah, that's that's a lot for a, for an NHL team. That is. I mean, no, their Instagram is pretty cool, actually. I'm looking through it right now. I mean, they got, like, the cool numbers, or cool, like, the cool people and cool posts. They have good numbers. Cracking boat trips. See, like, it's cool. I'd go check out the Instagram if I was you. I'd honestly be a Seattle fan. Yeah. Like, I knew nothing about the NHL, and I had to pick a team. I picked Seattle because they're kind of cool. Probably the same. And they got a lot of the hype from this expansion draft coming. But during this offseason, there was another draft, obviously the regular NHL entry-level draft. Leo, why don't you guys kicked off? All right, we're going to start with the first five overall picks. Three of them actually from Michigan University. But number one, overall, Owen Power, defenseman. He's like 6'6 from Michigan. I, I have my opinions on him later. We'll get into that. Second overall pick from Seattle, actually, Matty Veneers. Uh, if you saw him at the World Juniors, he showed out. He was phenomenal. Third overall pick, Anaheim, they picked Mason McTavish. Great player from Canada. Um, yeah, fourth player, Luke Hughes, New Jersey Devils. Paired him up with uh, Jack Hughes, and I'm, I'm loving the brothership, you know. Fifth overall, Columbus picked Ken Johnson, also from, also from Michigan. Yeah, I would say I personally think that going back to number one, Owen Power, I think he was, he was like the clear choice here, like the most skilled player. But Buffalo is Buffalo, but Owen Power is phenomenal. I don't think he'll turn the team around, but I don't think they will be dead last after such a good offseason. Buffalo, oh man, dude, Owen Power is going to be a bust in my opinion. You heard it here first. Actually, probably not first. It's a couple months after the draft. But you heard it here. Owen Power is going to be a bust. 
their Buffalo is going to Buffalo and it's just not going to work. They've had so many high end top picks that just like haven't panned out. Like obviously Eichel panned out. Obviously like like Darlene. Honestly, I don't even know if that's being considered panned out because he's really good, but like he hasn't done anything like noteworthy. Yeah. And well, Darlene's now getting his opportunity somewhere else, but we'll talk about that later. And yeah. also like. It's, it's Buffalo. It's not going to Eichel. Like, their best players rifting with the organization right now. It's just not a good place to be. I don't think the culture is very good. They still have no fans. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's honestly a terrible place to go number one. I saw more hype about Luke Hughes, who went number four, than Buffalo picking Owen Power, which got number one. Yeah, but going on to the second pick, Matthew Beniers to Seattle. Again, from Michigan, Owen Power's teammate. Uh, I think he's phenomenal, but of what you said about like the hype around it, I saw very little hype about him because in the wave of Seattle becoming this new team, they're drafting different te- players from different teams. He was treated basically equal to all of those other players coming new to that team, which actually surprised me a little bit considering how good this guy is. Yeah, I mean, Matt Beniers is very good, all-around player, like 200-foot player, very good in the offensive zone, great in the defensive zone. If you watched him in the World Juniors last year, Put on an absolute clinic. He was great. Massachusetts native. Very good. Love Matty Veneers. I'm going to root for him in Seattle. Same here. Next up, Mason McTavish. Pretty good player. I, I mean, obviously, he's very good. He went number three overall. Anaheim building up that young core with Zegris, Drysdale, and McTavish. They've got um, Isaac Lundstrom, I think. And, like Gibson, he's still like, he's really good. They'll be good in the future, just not now, you know? Yeah, they're definitely. Uh... Like they're definitely currently still in rebuilding mode after this pick, but think that they're they made some good moves during the offseason, which we will get into later. Yeah, with the fourth pick, Luke Hughes going to New Jersey. I think every single fan page I've seen make a mock draft had Luke Hughes going forth simply because of Jack Hughes in New Jersey, and I'm kind of happy that he went there. Like it's all obviously great to see that brotherhood. It's great to see, it'll be amazing to see them play together, and I just hope he gets a lot of playing time in this first season. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's going to start immediately in the NHL. I probably think – I think – I mean, I think Owen Power will start. I think Matty Beniers will start. After that, I'm not too sure if any of the other players are going to start playing the NHL right away. But I do think down the line in the future, Luke and Jack Hughes are going to be a dynamic duo. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke Hughes very good, par- partnering him up with his brother – you know, maybe we'll bring Quinn over. I doubt it, but maybe. I mean, he still has not signed yet, so. Yeah, there is a bit of strife between Quinn and Vancouver, and but we'll get into that later in our next in our later sections. But let's go down to the fifth pick, Kent Johnson from Columbus. I think it's a solid pick, but there were a few steals that happened later in the draft that I think should have been taken over him. But we, we're going to get into that very very shortly. Okay, I mean. I agree with you, Kent Johnson, number five. But I really do think William Eklund, who was picked seventh overall, really, really should have gone number three. I mean, he's the number one player ranked internationally. He's very good all around. He battles for pucks, does all this stuff. I think the only reason he fell to seven was because he played overseas and overseas bias. You see it, like, in the NHL, obviously, it's, like, hard to scout everywhere because you got North America, the U.S., Canada – all of Europe, like literally all of Europe, Russia, like all of these separate places. So, I mean, it's hard. But when you're a top-end talent like that, I really think you should have gone higher. But, like, I mean, we see this in the NBA, too. Like, Luka Doncic, he was picked, like, 
like third or fifth, I think. I don't know. Was, I think he was picked like third. Maybe he was fifth. I honestly don't remember. Maybe he's second. Honestly, I really don't remember. But he definitely should have. He's by far the best player in that draft class. And the only reason he was not picked first overall was because of international bias. It happens a lot. It's unfortunate to see. But it is cool to see these random, like, players. Not, like, random, but, like, players that you don't see very often overseas come to the U.S. or Canada and absolutely dominate. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with you that he's – I would say he's better than Mason McTavish or Kent Johnson. I don't know about Luke Hughes, though. Uh, he's definitely great. He's great offensively. He has great vision. I'd say he has a really, really high ceiling. Like, this guy could go very, very far in the league, but obviously only time will tell. He was the first of our top three steals of the draft. Our second steal, we went with Fabian Lysel, who the Boston Bruins took 21st overall. He's fast, quick, extremely skilled on the puck, will win those one-on-one puck battles, but he's not the biggest player out there. I would say that he dropped because there was a lot of attitude problems with him. And, like, that's the reason he fell to 21st. But in terms of skill and who the player he is, it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I agree. Especially because they need, like, they need that kind of player on their team. They already have, like, all the big whatever players. But, like, they need someone like Fabian Lysel, you know, and Marshan leaves especially. But, I mean, he plays a great him, But still, Fabian Lysel, very, very good. Great steal. The attitude issues aren't really an issue, in my opinion. Just because it was really just because he wanted to play in a higher league and then he kind of feuded with his coach a little bit. But I think he'll be totally fine. He was really excited to sign with the Bruins, especially because he already signed his entry level contract, which is great for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I saw, I saw something say he was expected to still play in Sweden, but there's a chance he plays in the U.S. in Providence. We'll see, though. I think he'll be very good. Yeah, me too. And, Leo, why don't you give them our third steal of the draft? Third steal of the draft, Sebastian Cosa. Uh, number one goalie taken. He was taken by Detroit, 15th overall. He went 17-1-1 with the Edmonton Oil Kings in the WHL, which is, uh, if you don't know, there's three really good um, – there's three junior leagues in Canada. There's three major junior leagues. There's the Quebec Major Junior League, the QMJHL, the Ontario Hockey League, and the Western Hockey League, which is Western Canada. And so, um, yeah, I, I think the WHL is probably the second best out of the three. But he's still—I mean—he's really good. Put up a nine-point, put up a nine-four-one save percentage, and had a one-nine-eight GAA, which is just crazy. I mean, he could honestly like the goalies that go like mid-first round are honestly just like so good. Like um, Vasilevsky and like Spencer Knight, like somewhere around there. Like honestly, like these, these goalies are gonna be really good in my opinion. Yeah, this guy is looking amazing, and I think he's also going to fit great in Detroit because, like, that's the position they need. They lost both their goalies over the offseason, but they picked up Nadelchevic, which we will be getting into later, but I think he's a great fit. He won't play for a couple years, but he's definitely going to develop well with Detroit as they're sort of rise out of the pit they've been in, replaced by Buffalo as the worst team in the league. And also, they got uh, Steve Iserman, who's uh, kind of finessing some players. And, uh, yeah, he built up Tampa Bay. And now he's building up Detroit. He is a great GM, and I cannot wait to uh, cannot wait to see what Detroit does. All right, next up we got our uh, surprise pick or like really bad pick in the first round. I'm gonna worst go pick. Worst pick. I mean, worst pick in the entire draft. Probably Logan Alloy yeah. picked 31st overall by Montreal. He said not like Logan, not like the team. Like Logan said this. He said not to draft him after like most sexual assault case. It was. 
he like took a picture of a girl like when she didn't want uh, her picture taken when he was like 16 or something. He wasn't even a first round talent. He said not to draft him. And then Montreal was like, oh, sounds good. Let's pick him in the first round. And so, uh, yeah, Montreal's getting a ton of hate for it, uh, as they should. And, um, yeah, I just don't get this pick at all. It's not look good for the team. He's not even a top, like, first-round talent. It makes no sense to me, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he – like, this seems like a terrible pick. Even, like, even if you put the sexual assault case aside, he's not – he does not deserve to be up there, like, in terms of skill-wise. I'd say he's maybe a early third-round, late second-round type of player. No, I wouldn't put him at 31st overall. There were better players out there. And then on top of that, you have all of this stuff going on around him that, and the things that he did made it even worse. I just really don't understand. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. But, um, yeah, the draft, obviously, we can we, we can say these players are good. We can say they're bad. But we won't really know for at least a couple years because they're going to go and develop. Yeah, that's what happens with the draft. And I wish we would be able to get into more depth about it. But we have a lot of stuff to cover in this very, very special episode. Leo, why don't you, you take it away? All right, we're going to start with free agency. Uh we're going to start uh, around June 16th. Leafs signed Jason Spezza, one year, 750K. I mean, we're not going to go through all of them. We're probably going to go through a lot of them. But Jason Spezza, pretty noteworthy. Resigns with the Leafs. Yeah, I think that this is a pretty good signing. He is a pretty solid player, and they got him very, very cheap. So, yeah, it makes nice, sense. Nice leadership. I get it. Yeah. Move on. We got uh, Blake Como, Dallas Stars, one year, one mil. Solid deal, nice little forward for them, fits in well. Yeah, I think it, not much to put on that. And then later that day, Matt Nito signed with San Jose, two years, 1.7 mil. I think it's a pretty good contract. They needed that bottom liner. Yeah. They got it. They got it. Uh, Trent Frederick resigns with the uh, Bruins, two years, 1.05 AAV. I like it for them. You know, they lost Corrali. Uh, looks good for them. I, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Me too, yeah. Let's get into some bigger signings. On June 29th, the Leafs signed Wayne Simmons to a two-year, $1.8 million contract. I think he's a great fit in this team. They need a bit more te- depth, and they got him very cheap. And considering how badly they spent a lot of other contracts and how much money they are spending on their stars, they really need some depth if they want to go anywhere. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck, eight years. Eight years, uh, five point two five per. Uh, kind of an overpay, in my opinion. Or I think the 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 term is a lot. I think the the cap is whatever. But eight years, he he's been good, that good. I mean, you've had a lot of faith in Joel Ekstrand, here in Minnesota. Yeah, but he's been sort of the core of that team lately. He's been really, really the bulk and the drive. Of course, with a lot of other players late too, but Joel Arisonek has been a big piece of Minnesota. But the Oilers added a new piece, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, with an eight-year deal totaling up to $41 million, 5.125 mil AAV. I think that this is a great thing. Maybe a little bit overpaid, but that's only because of the length. I think that this is a great deal. They needed, the Oilers really need this if they want to go anywhere, because like I said about the Leafs, you can't only pay your stars. Yeah. Nick Buke said re-signing with the uh... With uh, Minnesota, one year, 900K. Solid signing, solid depth. Yeah, and then the, the goalie New Jersey needs. Scott Wedgwood signed with them as an unrestricted free agent. One year, 8.25K. 
I think this is a great deal. Personally, I'm surprised they got him down for this little. I think, considering the signs he showed, he could have argued for a bit more money. Yeah, I mean, he's honestly, like, not great. But I guess the Bruins, he had, like, three shutouts. It was ridiculous. He's a Bruin killer. Next up, Travis Dermott re-signed with the Leafs. Uh, 1.5 for two years. Um, I a solid signing. I like Travis Dermott. I think he was a nice little third pair, second pair D-man for them. Yeah. And then next, the Ducks re-signed Yunus Seigenthaler for two years, 1.125 million AV. I think it's a good defensive piece that they needed to re-sign in this slowly rebuilding Anaheim Corporation. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Next up, we got uh, Sam Carrick and Trevor Carrick and Vinny Letary all re-signing with uh, the Ducks, all with the same contract, one year, 750K. You know, got to get those depth pieces, those AHLers, you know. Yeah. The Bruins secured some more of their defense down with Brandon Carlo to a six-year deal with a 4.1 cap hit. I think it's a great signing for Carlo and the Bruins. I'd say it's a pre- he's not overpaid or underpaid. It's a pretty good amount of money, but the Bruins desperately need this guy back in their defense. I agree. The Bruins have been depleted on defense this past year, and uh, Carlo really uh, really um, one of the key guys. Next up, we got uh, Anthony Duclair, 3x3. Three three. Uh, I mean, honestly, he definitely could have gotten more. He's been playing really well, especially in Florida. I'm liking that signing, re-signing there. Yeah, this looks like a little bit of a pay cut to me because of Florida Panthers trying to really build up to go run for that cup. But then they also signed Gustav Forsling to an extension of a three-year 2.66 cap hit, a total of $8 million which is a great piece on their defense. Not the best defenseman, but he sure got the bag. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Cam Johnson, honestly, he's a goalie. Very, very, very mediocre. Yeah, I I don't have much to say about him. Yeah, well, let's move on to another signing. Uh, Mike Hoffman to Montreal, three years, 4.5 mil. This is great for Montreal, especially coming after – coming off of a cup run, they're really adding this much-needed piece, especially because people saying that their team wasn't as good as to be there. They got a lot of luck, especially carried by Carey Price. I've said that they've been carried by Carey Price, and I think this is this is a piece that they really need to add here. I agree with you. Moving on, we got Zach Wierenski, defenseman. Columbus Blue Jackets re-signing in a huge, huge deal, six years, 9.58 per year. I mean, they lost Seth Jones, but Zach Wierenski, highest-paid defenseman on uh, or like what we've been talking about today. He's just, I mean, Zach Wierenski, is he worth 9.58? No, but to Blue Jackets in defense, yes. And I think it's a good deal for Zach. I don't think it's a good deal for Columbus, but uh, yeah, I'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's great for him. And on to another defenseman who I think, considering how much other defensemen have been paid, he's getting robbed. Um, Adam Pellick, eight-year, 5.75 mil, Leo. So, I think considering we've seen a bunch of nine mil guys out there, how is he getting under six mil? Like, I don't know, especially because in my opinion, Adam Pellick is better than Wierenski, is better than um, Jones, not better than McCarr, but you know, still very. I said Adam Pellick's top ten defense in the league for sure, maybe and, top um, fifteen in my opinion. Um, yeah, and so he's getting paid five point seven five over eight years. It's bad for both teams because not only I think can Pellick get like more of a bridge deal and then get paid later on. The Islanders, how good is he going to be when he's 30-something? Like You don't know in eight years. 
We'll see. I don't know. Anyways, speaking of defensemen getting paid a lot, we got Darnell Nurse getting paid eight years, 9.25 per year. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of length. Um, I mean, yes, he is a good defenseman. He's very reliable. But, again, like another massive contract. I'm not a fan of these huge deals. Yeah, well, the way I see it, it's like this is a piece that Edmonton has been really lacking. And he's here. He's been – He's been their best defenseman. I can argue about it. He will. He is their best. In, in eight years, I don't know so much. But right now, it seems like a good amount of money for how much this market's booming. And it, it makes sense for both sides of the teams. I agree. Uh, moving on, a little, little shift from the high-end defenseman. We got Joe Thorne signing one-year deal with Florida. Cup chasing again. I respect it. But, like, sign with Tampa, man. Like, you're already in Florida. Just go to Tampa. Just actually win a cup instead of going to a contender, not like an actual like legit like team like no offense to florida but like it's florida you know like yeah florida i don't know go to tampa man have fun yeah well florida was pretty surprising last year and i think jumbo joe is sort of riding off the momentum did the same thing with um toronto yes not really momentum with toronto but he just wants to go where he could think win but it looks like he doesn't want to take the obvious route he could have signed to colorado he could have signed to tampa in the past two years even but he chose not to. And then moving on from Jumbo Joe, um, Kata Hot re-signed up with Philly three more years, just under four mil, like just underneath. So this makes me wonder, like I'm just going to ponder this thought for a bit. Do you think, what, what do you think the reason is for that just underneath four mil? Leo, what do you think? Because I know he's been playing a lot worse, but could you dive in? Um, I, I mean, I think it's just under four mil because like not only is – has he not been playing super like obviously last year's awful, awful. But like like in the reason or the seasons before he's been like really good. So I don't know. I think that's honestly a pretty fair contract. It it'd be a really good contract if he played like he did two years ago. It'd be pretty bad if he played last year. We'll see where he's going on in the future like what he's gonna do in the future. I honestly think he'll I don't think he'll go back to how good he was a couple years ago, but I think he'll definitely be closer to that than he was last year because he was terrible last year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. All right, moving on to Thomas Tatar, signed with New Jersey, two years, four point five mil each, twelve and nine mil deal. I think this is great. Uh, he, uh, this is not a direct quote, but he said when he signed with New Jersey that he is going to a team that he thinks can win the cup. He's trying to do what Joe Thornton is doing, but I don't really get New Jersey. He said it, not me. I, I don't, I don't think deep down he believes that he's going to win the cup. I just think he wants to say that because, you know, he wants to, like, hype up the fans and whatever. He's not going to be like, oh, I signed here because I got offered the most money. He's like, no, you know, yeah, we're, we're good. We're going to win. Um, Yeah, like, of course he's going to say that, but whatever. I mean, I guess, the, actually, no, there are some players like Pedersen who are just like, I don't know if I can win a cup here in Vancouver. Like, I love it here, but I don't know if we can win. And, uh, yeah, I mean, moving on, we got Ryan Reeves signing with New York. One year, 1.75. He was good, uh, obviously, in Vegas. But uh, the real reason New York brought him here was because of Tom Wilson. We, uh, we said it before, I'll say it again. The Rangers made a ton of moves just because of Tom Wilson bringing in Sammy Blay, which we'll talk about later, and uh, a couple big signings like Barkley Goodrow. So, yeah. You know, like, I still think it's good for the team. Like, Tom Wilson aside, it's a cheap deal, good, and it's good for New York. It's one year. Can't hurt too much. I agree. Yeah. And then also Detroit got one of their, in my opinion, one of their best players, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, two years, total of 9.5, 4.75 each. 
think it's a great signing. Like Detroit's been having a great offseason for like the second or third year in a row, coming off of being like the worst team in the league. There's really nowhere to go but up for them. Leo, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, they, ha- they it doesn't really matter how much money they give considering they have a ton of cap space. He's not a bad player. Uh, he's been playing there for a while. I honestly don't mind it. I think it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Moving on, we got two signings from Toronto. These two players went from Anaheim to Boston, now to Toronto together. Apparently, they're great friends. Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha signing, or Nick Ritchie signing two years, 2.5 each. And uh, Kasha, one year, 1.25. Uh, I mean, Kasha, he's he's been injury prone. He's not bad. He's better than what the amount of money he's getting. The thing is, he played, what, like 15 games in total for the Bruins over the last like, two years, scored zero goals. Richie he's honestly been really well for the, or played really well for the Bruins, but I guess it just didn't fit, so they had to uh, not protect him. But like, eh, so whatever. Kasha getting another shot at it in Toronto. Richie honestly think he'll be. I think he'll do pretty well in Toronto, considering they need the size. Yeah, they definitely need the size, and they also need the depth of these two players. Like, of what they bring to the table right now, they're currently overpaying their stars and got no one else. So like. They're becoming a bigger part of that. No one else making them into a little bit more something, which I think Toronto can really appreciate. I do agree. Also, St. Louis made a move. Brandon Saad, five years, 4.5 mil each. I think that this is a perfect signing, perfect length, perfect money. I think he's going to fit in perfect. I totally agree with you. I don't really have anything to add on. But what I do have to talk about is Corey Perry signing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think it's very funny. He lost in the finals two years in a row to them. Once with uh, Dallas, once with Montreal. So, you know, the same. Can't beat him, join him. So, he goes and signs with Tampa. He's, I, I still think Tampa or Colorado is going to win, but we'll see. Uh, I think it would be really funny, though, if Tampa lost to um, Dallas in the finals. It would be a real uh, screwy moment, but I think it would be very funny. Go chase your ring, Corey Perry. I don't like you very much, but I get ring chasing when you're old. So, good just go for it, Corey. Yeah. Perry, get it. If you can't beat them, join them, right? Yeah, yeah. But like Seattle, like they made a few signs as soon as they drafted these players: Chris Dreiger, Jamie Olesak, and Adam Larson. That Chris Dreiger went three years, three point five mil each. Great deal for him. He's gonna fit in great. Was the reason why they took him. Jamie Olesak, five years, four point six mil. I don't think he's worth that much money, considering they did a four by four for Adam Larson. I think Adam Larson's better. But, yeah, I still think good amount of money, great signings all around. As you agree, Alexiak, a little bit overpaid. Larson, I think it's good value. The thing is what I was saying, like, they're just making their team mediocre. Like, I don't, I don't really understand this. Like, whatever, you do you, Seattle. You can be a fringe playoff team if you want. Moving on, Boston Bruins on minus all mark, uh, four years, five mil per year. Uh, obviously, with Raskow not Halak not coming back and trading with Swayman, or sorry, not Swayman, oh, with Ladar, not Ladar, no, 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 Ladar, not Swayman. I love Swayman. Um, yeah, they got to sign someone like Olmark. Honestly, over or underrated. He played well in Buffalo. First, I was like, wow, he kind of sucks, and then I realized it was just Buffalo, and uh, his stats are actually really good. Yeah. So I think it's a good signing for both. The Bruins in line this. Yeah. I think no matter how he plays, he's going to look better simply because he's in Boston, not Buffalo. Like, that's just how it is. But also, uh, Dougie Hamilton, 
I really wished he would come to Boston, but obviously that didn't work out as he went to New Jersey for seven years, nine mil, left Carolina. And I think that this is this is great for New Jersey, of course. They needed this defenseman, this strong defensive piece. He's a very good offensive defenseman, and I think it's going to work perfectly. The length is a little longer than I thought it would be, but I think it's a good deal all around. Yeah, I agree. I mean, do I think he would come to Boston? No, they don't have the cap space for him. But honestly, not bad for Hamilton. I do like the signing. Good for New Jersey. Good for Dougie. Okay. Moving on, we got uh, Alex Delkovich. He signed after being traded from Carolina to the Red Wings. Um, Steve Eiserman making some moves. He played well. Um, obviously, I do think he's definitely worth $3 million. Probably could be worth like $4 million. But, uh, yeah, it's a good signing by Detroit. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's a great young star, and I think he's one of those pieces that Detroit needs. Like I was saying – during the draft, the goalie was a piece they needed. This would be another good, like, probably in a, like, couple years, a good tandem between, um, I'm sorry, what's his name? Um, Sebastian Kossa. Yes, Sebastian Kossa and Nadalkovic. Kosa, Kosa, yeah. I think that would become a great tandem for Detroit in a few years. Also, Boston made another great move inside Nick Felito, two years, 3.8 mil. I think that went absolutely phenomenal. Like, I'm just happy that he chose there. It's a little... Like a bit of a screw you to the Leafs a little bit. But honestly, I can't complain. He's great. I'm happy that he chose Boston. Uh, Leo, he, what was his reasoning? For uh, the reason he chose Boston was because his daughter, I think, like, she either got a ton of help or, like, got her life saved in Boston Children's Hospital. So that definitely – he was like, yeah, that's why I chose Boston. Also, it's kind of funny for the Leafs because they gave up, like, mo- like a first-round pick and, like, some other players or some some other stuff for Nick Foligno for half a season just for them to blow through and leave and have Nick Foligno sign with Boston. Very funny, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Okay, moving on. We got the best signing in free agency, in my opinion. We got Cal McCarr. No question. Six years, nine mil per. I mean, Cal McCarr is undoubtedly a top three defenseman in the NHL and – arguably the best defenseman in the NHL. And especially with someone like Seth Jones, who got eight years, 9.5 mil, which is an awful deal in my opinion. Kale McCarr got less than that, and it's just ridiculous. Like, that's a great deal for the Avalanche. Like, if he wants to win, he wants to be there to win. He also got paid. So that's why it's a win-win for both teams. Yeah, but like what you've been saying about Seth Jones, like his eight years, 9.5 mil, he's definitely overpaid. But I see this as the Chicago Blackhawks making this quick run for the Cup very out of the blue. Like, they were mediocre last season, and now seeing Kane's age, seeing um, Taves' age, just looking at all this, like, they're just trying to add on quick pieces, and they're willing to shell out a bit more money for it. It's not the greatest thing, but I understand why. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Seth Jones, he was honestly awful last season. It's probably a liability out on the ice. He's just not good at all. Paying him 9.5, it's just... Just not good at, at all. I'm sorry. It was just bad. Yeah. But Boston, we signed another great player, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall, baby. Uh, I love Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall is great. Um, No, but seriously, Taylor Hall is actually really good. They traded a second round and Andrews Bjork for Taylor Hall and Curtis Bazaar. I think that was an absolute steal. Um, Like, this Taylor Hall is so good. Four by six. It's just really good, in my opinion. I just love the deal. Fits in with... What was Krejci and Smith, but it's now Coyle and Smith, uh, Hall, Coyle, Smith. Kind of a nice little line. Uh, I like it a lot, honestly. Yeah, we've seen what he could do in Boston. 
and there's only four more years of that to come. Maybe a little bit more after that. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see, I mean, we'll see how good he is then. Maybe. There's, there's speculation of him coming to Boston last offseason too, but that never panned out. He went to Buffalo, and it's just, oof. It was kind of, oof. Yeah, yeah that was ugly. I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, but there was a great signing that was obviously going to happen. As soon as Braden Point became eligible, he signed eight years, 9.5 mil, in Tampa, I think it's perfect. I think he's worth every single penny. I agree. He's definitely worth every little bit of that. Tampa gets the length out of um, or the term. I, it was great. I mean, he was phenomenal in the playoffs. He's phenomenal in the regular season. He was great in last year's playoffs, too. He's just a phenomenal player, one of the fastest skaters in the league, and I think that's a great move by Tampa and Braden Point. Yeah, I'd love to see it, but... Someone who I think wasn't exactly worth every penny, but was still not a bad signing, is when the Oilers signed Zach Hyman for seven years, 5.5 mil. What are your thoughts? Uh, the term is way too long. I mean, if they give him like three, maybe four years at 5.5, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's whatever. Zach Hyman is good. This little speedster, good offensive threat. Seven years? That's just awful. That's terrible. Like, what are you doing, Edmonton? Yeah, I could not agree more. Whatever. Moving on, we got this one. It's pretty expected. Alexander Ovechkin signs a five-year, $9.5 million deal to stay in Washington. Uh, I, I, he really wants to break Gretzky's goal record, I guess. I mean, do I think he'll do it? There's definitely a legit shot. I think he definitely could do it. The only thing is, like, I, he's kind of a puck hog. Like, he, he only – I. He's I love Ovi, but like he just last year in the playoffs he was a liability on the power play. He was not good. Is he worth nine point five right now? Like no. And in five years is when he is like can't even move anymore. The only thing he can do is stand in one spot and shoot. Is he gonna be worth nine point five? No. It's just bad contract in my opinion. But I guess he is a fan favorite and he still is Ovechkin. He still is very good, but not as good as he used to be, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely on the decline, but I still think it's not a bad side. Like he's making it as much as these top defensemen. He's definitely getting paid for a top man league, but I don't think I think his name, you're right, does bring him a lot of that money. But I I, I would expect more like a three, maybe even four year deal, but five seems like a little much. Yeah. But St. Louis made another great move with Pavel Pavel Buchnevich. Four years, five point eight mil. A little more money than I thought it was going to be, but I think it's great. I agree. I mean, Bushnevich, they kind of finessed the Rangers, traded Sammy Blay, who's a fourth liner and a second round pick for Bushnevich. I, I, good for St. Louis, I guess, and they signed him to a pretty good contract, too. And uh, moving on to teams making bonehead moves, we're going to go with Connor Garland going to the uh, Vancouver Canucks. I just think that's a terrible move, in my opinion, because they still got to sign Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. So, why are you bringing in OEL and Garland, bringing in their massive contracts? Does it make any sense to me? No. But, uh, I mean, he's still a good player. Five years, 4.95. So, we'll see how it pans out. I really don't think it's a good contract, but we'll see. Yeah, good luck to him, I guess. But Bruins made another great move. Eric Howla, two years, 2.375. Bit of an odd number, but who cares? I think it's a good signing. It's it's a really key piece of depth that's a lot of skill there that Boston really needs. It's perfect length, two, two years, because he isn't like this great player they need to lock in. But probably after those two years, 
they'll see how he played, and these next two years will really judge the kind of money he's going to be bringing in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's obviously on the decline right now, but I do like Eric Howla. He was phenomenal in Nashville. He he was pretty good in Vegas. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it could. He used to be better. He you know still got some left in the tank though, and I'm actually very excited to see how he plays in third line center role in Boston. Yeah. Moving on though, we got Tyson Berry signing a three-year, four-point-five with Edmonton. I think that's a pretty good deal, honestly. Good length, good cap. Um, not bad. I, I think it's pretty solid from both teams. You get, I mean, that's actually exactly what I expect from Tyson Berry. So, yeah, I, I like for both teams. He's a good player. Yeah, love to see it. And then also, uh, people were speculating about Gabriel Landeskog for a little while, but I don't think we're very surprised here about this. Eight years, seven mil back in the Avalanche of Colorado. I think it's a good deal. He's staying with that line he loves with Rantanen and McKinnon. He's going to do some great things. Yeah, moving on. Philippe Deneau, honestly, I think this is the second best contract that was handed out after Kale McCarr. We got six years, 5.5 with the Kings. Deneau is a very, very good player. Great in the faceoff dot, great defensively, great all around. Signing for only 5.5 for six years is great, in my opinion. Like, I don't know how he didn't get a way bigger offer from a different team. Maybe he did, and he just wanted to go to L.A. Like, I don't know. Probably. But, um, I mean, Deneau is great, very underrated, in my opinion, and I just think this is a great contract for the Kings. Yeah, I think Kings could have – I think Deneau could have asked for a little bit more money on this one. I agree. But moving on, Seattle locked in their second goalie of with Philip Grubauer with a six-year deal – 5.9 mil each year, and I think it's a great signing. It's a, I think it's like it's, he's coming off of a Vesna candidate season. I think he could have squeezed a little bit more money out of it, but it's good for Seattle. Really going to kick off with a good goalie. I agree. And also, um, they also signed Gene Schwartz. Five years, 5.5. It's honestly, like, not bad. Like, I think – I mean, he, I think 5.5, maybe two or three years is whatever, but, like, five years – it's a little much, but that's what I was saying before. I just think it'll be mediocre because what's happening is I don't think they'll win and then they'll screw themselves with the bad contracts and then they just they won't be great. I, I don't know. But um, honestly, we'll see how it pans out. He played well in St. Louis. So uh, I'm actually excited to see how Seattle plays as a whole. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Moving on, we got Freddie Anderson signing with Carolina. Him and Mrazic kind of switching, uh, switching teams. Two years, 4.5 per year. I mean, I don't understand how you can sign Anderson to 4.5 and Tony D'Angelo to 1 mil, but not Nadelkovich to 3 mil. It makes no sense to me, but whatever. Not my team. Uh, Anderson, I, he was good with the Leafs, although he was injured last year. So I think two years is a great, great length, and 4.5 is also a good cap hit. Yeah, and I think this contract is also one of those make-or-break contracts where he could really – Really pop off, make some more money in the future, or really dip off and become a minor leaguer. But moving on, Blake Coleman, formerly of the Tampa Bay Lightning, to the Calgary Flames with a six-year deal, 4.9 mil each year. I think it's a great deal. He, I think he's probably, it's a great deal, but I think it's a little bit more length than money than he was paid that he probably deserved because of the team he was on with that dominant Tampa team. But still, I think it's good for him to secure the bag, and he's going to. Pretty nice Calgary, which isn't like the worst team out there, but 
hopefully he could help them improve. I agree. And, uh, I mean, six years in Calgary. I mean, like, if he stayed in New Jersey, he barely got traded for anything when he went to. I, actually, maybe it was the first. I don't know. But um, I think he's being a little overvalued just because he won the Stanley Cup back-to-back and was, like, a great – he was, like, pretty good on the third line. But, like, I probably – I'd give it around, like, 4.5 for, like, four for him. It's just a low overpayment, but I think it's good with, Cal- with Calgary. Moving on, we got Getz left. Uh, re-signing one year, 4.5, exactly what I expected. But Sean Corrali, four years, 2.5 per year is honestly way too much. I love Corrali. Don't get me wrong. I love Corrali. I love Sean Corrali. The thing is, he's just – I mean, he scored so many clutch goals for the Bruins, but he just like fell off this year. He was not good, like, at all. He didn't, He was not going to make – I don't even think he'd be in the NHL this year if he was on the Bruins roster. Probably an extra. So four years, which honestly is too much – and 2.5, I'd give it like a 1 to 1.25 mil. I just think it's way too much for Sean Corrali. I, tell you, I love Corrali, but it, actually I do like seeing him play for his hometown team. He's from Dublin, Ohio. Love Corrali, but uh, I think it's a little bit too much. Yeah, I do think it's a little bit too much, but I don't know if he wouldn't be on like the Bruins roster if he stayed. I don't think like, he'd be on the I think he would probably secure it for maybe one more year, really test him out a little bit more. But I do think four years is a pretty good length for him considering his age and like – Considering how bad Columbus is right now, I think he might get a lot more playing time that he wouldn't have seen in Boston. I agree. Also, one of the, in my opinion, the more surprising deals, Keith Yandel, towards the end of his career, one-year deal, 950K with Philly. I feel like he could have gotten a little bit more than that, but I guess I'd love to see him doing well. He's like he's based, He's not really cup-chasing. He's more just hockey chasing i guess at this point yeah he i think he'll definitely get a lot of playing time in philly considering their defense is not very good and keith and was also a very good player uh one year 9.5 sorry 950k uh it's all deal in my opinion goalie brian elliott uh going tampa that's cool uh goalie peter morazic uh actually as we mentioned before going to toronto three years 3.8 per it was cool i i in my opinion, Mraz is better than Reimer. Or not Reimer, um, Anderson. So uh, getting him for cheaper and like than what Anderson was, that's great for Toronto, in my opinion. Kind of an L for uh, Carolina. And Halak, another goalie, going from Boston to Vancouver. Uh, he kind of fell off towards the end of Boston after he got COVID. He didn't play too well. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to miss Halak. He wasn't very good towards the end, but he was great when we needed him. Yeah. And I'm going to take us back to the defenseman a little bit. Miro Heiskanen, resounding up with Dallas. Eight years, 8.45 million. He's making a bit less than his fellow defenseman, who I think he's equal to in talent. But I think it's a good deal for him. It's uh, seemingly friendly with to Dallas, considering the inflated defenseman market. But I think it's good to see. Love to see it. Now let's move on to our trade section. Leo, why don't you get us started? With the, with the trade section. All right, the trade section. First up, we got some two big names getting traded one for one for each other. Blue Jackets acquiring Jakub Voracek from the Philadelphia Flyers for Cam Atkinson. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't really see the move. They both have bad contracts. They both kind of stuck with their team. But I guess, you know, a little shakeup for both teams. Let's see what they can do. I love Voracek, he's ginger, and so am I. So, um, yeah, and so is Atkinson, kind of. Yeah, well... At least, in my opinion, I think that Cam Atkinson's a little better. So I'm going to say that the Philadelphia Flyers won this trade. 
not by too much, though. It's a good one for one. They're both good fits in either of the teams. Next, let's move on. The New Jersey Devils made a trade with the Colorado Avalanche. The New Jersey Devils acquired defenseman Ryan Graves in exchange for Mikhail Maltsev and a 2021 second round, second round pick. Personally, I think that the Devils really won this one. Ryan Graves is a super underrated defenseman. I think he's really great. Was really popping off in Colorado. Just obviously wasn't the one, wasn't the number one D man there. Obviously with Cal McCarr there, as good as he is. But Leo, who do you think won this trade? Um, I think actually both teams won it because if Colorado didn't trade Ryan Graves, he would have been taking the expansion draft. So at least they got something out of it. And then Devils ended up getting Ryan Graves. I think he led the NHL in plus minus like a year or two ago uh, during the regular season or something. I don't know. Ryan Graves, very good, very underrated. But we're going to move on to a massive, massive trade again with the Blue Jackets, but this time a headline with the Blackhawks. Blackhawks acquire Seth Jones a first and a sixth for Adam Bogquist, a first, a second, and another first in 2022. Um I, I, the Blue Jackets won this like so, so easily. Seth Jones, honestly, terrible. It was a liability, and they get another first-round pick out of it, and they get out of Bogfist. So, honestly, I think this is, could be one of the best trades of the century for Columbus. Um, Chicago, if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year or the next year or the year after, which I really, didn't, which I really don't think I do, I think this trade will just blow up in their face, and I think it's just bad. Well... I do think that Columbus won this trade, but not to like the degree that you're saying. Because, well, personally, I don't think draft picks are the most valuable thing out there. Like people will trade, like teams will trade this great player for multiple draft picks, like a first, like a like a star for like a first and a second. But I don't really get it because why trade an already great player for someone who's a risk of being great or a risk of being bad? It's like taking your winnings from a from like a poker game and just playing the same back in, like you. Even though you already won, like, that's a very bad analogy. Now that I say that out loud, never, never mind. Scratch that. But I think Seth Jones isn't as bad as you're making him out to be. But and I don't think he's worth. But I don't think he's worth all those picks. Seth Jones is awful. He's awful. And I think Adam Bach is honestly better than he is. And so are the two first round picks, and better than the one first round pick. And the second is better than the sixth. So it makes no sense to me why Chicago do that. But hey, I mean, not my team. I don't care. Right, well, we got another one for one. Between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Edmonton Oilers, Carolina picks up the needed defenseman after they lost Dougie Hamilton and Ethan Bear, and Edmonton gets the forward Warren Fogle. Leo, who do you think wins? Uh, I'm going the Hurricanes here. Fogle's like honestly not terrible, but Bear is actually pretty good. And so I'm saying Carolina won this little, uh, little one-for-one action, but I think Carolina wins yeah. this one by a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to say that Carolina also was the straight, but for a few different reasons. Because I think looking at it positionally, I think that Carolina needed a defenseman more than – and they had an access of great forwards. And I'm not even going to bother counting Tony D'Angelo as a decent defenseman. I doubt he'll even play. So I think Ethan Bear's great fit here, and I think he's going to work out great. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, like, not really, but, like, uh, it's not, honestly not that big of a trade. I don't think it'll affect that much, especially because Carolina lost Dougie Hamilton, get another defenseman in there. But uh, moving on, we got Nikita Zadorov for a third. Uh, Calgary acquires Nikita, and Chicago acquires a third. Uh, I think it's pretty fair value. I mean, it's whatever. But, yeah, I think pretty noteworthy, though. Yeah, I'd say, like, player these player-for-picks trades aren't too much trades. Like, you might as well just call them, like, team-on-team free agency because it's like it's hard to really judge who wins these kinds of things and but I think it's good for both teams they did what they needed to do Chicago 
getting rid of a good piece for a little bit of future as they're slowly selling out for a cup. I agree. Uh, moving on, we got Tampa trading away Tyler Johnson and a second for Brent Seabrook. I, I don't think – I mean, yes, you'd get to clear Tyler Johnson's cap, but you also give up a second. And Brent Seabrook's making almost as much as Tyler Johnson is this year. And it's just for the next two years that they're not. But, like, Tampa, uh, honestly, I think it's it's kind of an L for both teams. Maybe a dub for Chicago. But Brent Seabrook, he's not very good. You get to unload Johnson's contract for a couple years. But it's honestly not, like, awful. He's getting paid, like, five or something. Yeah, Chicago gets the late second-round pick because Tampa's going to be very good. I mean, whatever. I guess Tampa – actually, no, I'm going to go with Tampa. I think Tampa won just because they got the unload Tyler Johnson. Brent Seabrook probably won't even be able to play. Well, the way I see this is I don't really understand why either of these teams really did this trade because, like, they're both not as good to be worth each other, in my opinion. I, like, does that make sense? Yeah. But, like, I don't really get why these teams did it. it they don't seem very beneficial to, to either of them. It seems just like Tampa – is kind of throwing away a second-round pick. And it's, like, in three years. Or it's, like, it's a 2023 th- second-round pick, which just doesn't make a lot of sense. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's one of those trades kind of there. This is a pretty funny trade, actually. Vitek Vanacek getting traded back from Seattle to Washington for a second-round pick after Seattle signs Grubauer. They're like, eh, we don't need you anymore, Vanacek, even though we just picked you from Washington, we'll trade you back. So Washington, I guess Seattle pretty much picked a 2023 second-round pick instead of a player from Washington. That's kind of fair. Uh, kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to Ryan Reeves, as we already talked about this during the signing, but he was traded for a 2022 third-round pick to the Knights. Like what we said earlier, he was sort of like a Tom Wilson effect, but it's good to see, fun to see. We already went over it. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, this is actually a massive trade. They acquire Marc-Andre Fleury for – Mikhail Hakkarainen, and Mikhail Hakkarainen is actually just going to keep playing in Chicago. I don't know, it's like a weird rule, but he's going to keep playing in Chicago. So pretty much Vegas gave up Marc-Andre Fleury uh, for literally nothing. It makes no sense. I don't understand how you win a Vesna and then get traded like that. Marc-Andre Fleury is the most disrespected goalie of all time, in my opinion. Uh, doesn't get protected from Pittsburgh even after helping them win cups. Goes to Vegas, plays great in Vegas, it's just, but always just getting like pooped on by uh, the management, and eventually he just gets traded to Chicago for literally nothing. It makes no sense to me, but um, whatever. Chicago will be good for a few years, and then I think they'll just be screwed, as I've said before. Yeah, like I very much agree with you that Mark Andre Fleury is the most disrespected player in the, N- in the NHL for no reason whatsoever. I very much hate the way they did this. Apparently, Mark Andre Fleury found out on Twitter, the same time as everyone else. They didn't even have the decency to tell him. And, like, it's just like in that, like, painting someone drew, it's like of him just getting stabbed in the back because he is just getting stabbed in the back by, by the Golden Knights. It's disgusting to see. I hate it. I don't know. I agree. Vegas, what are you doing? It's Marc-Andre Fleury, future Hall of Famer right there. Yeah, man, one of Vesna. I don't know. The disrespect. Moving on, we got Washington getting two second-round picks for Brendan Dillon. Um, this actually might be one of the second round picks that they traded. I'm not entirely sure. Brandon Dillon's all defenseman, but you know, getting two second rounders, clearing a little bit of cap, honestly, win for both teams. Yeah, I would agree. It's just teams getting what they need. Washington didn't have much of a need for Brandon Dillon, and they could use a few second round picks. It's really nothing big. Mm-hmm. Moving on, though, we got uh, Sam Reinhardt getting traded 
to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Devon Levi in a 2022 first round pick to Buffalo. Levi balled out for Team Canada in last year's World Juniors. He played very well. A lot of people are comparing him to Spencer Knight. Obviously, not as good. And um, that 2022 first round pick, uh, it'll probably be a late round pick, probably mid late round. But um, yeah, I mean, I probably went for both teams. I mean, Reinhardt, I think honestly could have gotten a little more from him. Uh, Buffalo didn't really, I mean, so they just got blow up. Their whole team trade Eichel at this point, but their asking price is way too high. Reinhardt, you know, going to the Panthers, he's pretty good. So uh, I like to move for Florida more than I do for Buffalo. I would actually say I'd probably like this move for Buffalo a little bit more for a few reasons. Like Sam Reinhardt is good. This is probably just me being clouded by the realm of Buffalo being Buffalo. But I like the way Devon Levy was good. I feel like he's a lot of that future, which is what? Buffalo is clearly never going to win now, so the the whole thing is now is going to the future and to take a good pros, yeah, I can call him a prospect, and then a first round pick seems like a win. Considering Sam Bradhart was doing nothing for them in the first place. Fair enough. I mean, they weren't going to win. I, I get what well, is a win for both teams. It's more of a win for the Panthers. Sorry, but um, I mean, I see why you say that. Uh, I mean, Buffalo's not going to pick anyone good because they're Buffalo, and. Even if Devon Levi is good, they're just going to waste him because they're Buffalo. But, yeah, I guess go for the future. Moving on, though, we got uh, Ristolainen getting traded from Buffalo. To, uh, okay, this one makes no sense because Ristolainen got traded for more than Sam Reinhardt, whatever. Ristolainen gets traded to Philly for Robert Haig, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. It makes no sense to me because Sam Reinhardt is way better than Rastus Ristolainen. But, Hey, man, you do you. I guess Buffalo really finessed Philly on this one. I mean, Bristol Lions is also just, like, not very good. Philly got finessed. Yeah, well, I'm kind of interested to see how he'll play in Philly in a very different system, in a very different place. And I kind of feel bad for Robert Hag going to Buffalo. But this is more of the same thing as the Sam Reinhardt and Devon Levi trade. Just building up for the future, sort of selling out now players that didn't really work with them. Moving on to this huge trade between the Vancouver Canucks and the Arizona Coyotes. We talked about OEL and Carter Garland getting, going to Arizona, but here's how it went. So Arizona got, like I said, Oliver Ekman-Larsen and Carter Garland in exchange for Anton Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, a 2021 first, a 2022 second, and a 2023 seventh. Arizona's just getting pieces. It looks like they don't care what those pieces are. They just want them. More names on that list, the better. Honestly, like they're selling... They're probably their best players for a lot of depth. Personally, Louis Erickson, that's probably the one name I that stands the most out here to me. He isn't the greatest, but he sort of became a meme a little bit. He's a good cap, though. Yeah, and like, I don't really see how they'll utilize him so much, but it'll be fun to see. And also, good first round, second round, seventh round picks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a win for Arizona, honestly. They got rid of OEL, who I mean, the contract was bad. Connor Garland, pretty good player. They do get Louis Erickson in return, but they do get a first, a second, and a seventh. And Jay Beagle and Roussel are honestly, they're, they're not bad. Definitely went for Arizona. Bonehead move for the Canucks, considering they still need to sign their two best players. Which makes no sense, but hey, man, you do you, I guess. Like, Connor Garland, they signed for almost five mil, and OEL is getting paid a lot. So it makes no sense to me why Vancouver would do this, but it makes sense why Arizona would trade away OEL and Connor Garland. Yeah, Arizona definitely takes the win there. Yeah, and then moving on. The Blues acquire Pavel Buchnevich for Sam Blay in a second. Again, the Rangers are building their team off of anti-Tom Wilson. Uh, they gave up way too much for Sammy Blay in a second, but whatever. I mean, the Blues get what they want. The Rangers get what they want. 
but I just think Pavel Buchnevich's value is so much higher than Sammy Blay in a second. Yeah, I would agree with you there, but there isn't like we talked about this a lot during free agents like C two when we were talking about Pavel Buchnevich. I think it's good how like what they signed him. I think St. Louis definitely was this one. Anyway, here's a much bigger trade between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Nashville Predators. Philly gets their all-star defenseman, Ryan Ellis, in exchange for Felipe Myers and Nolan Patrick. Like, I'm just saying, well, Nolan Patrick got traded to, uh, he got traded back to Vegas um, in a three-team trade. Right. Yes. Thank you. But then I still think this is a great trade. Well, I think this is great for the Flyers. They've been getting a lot of defensive pieces. It's what they needed. They're getting a lot of it. I think Ryan Ellis is the man for that. I think he's great. I want to see him play in front of Carter Hart. It's going to be so fun to watch him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they need defense when they got him. Uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, they did also get Ristolani, who's terrible. We just talked about. But, you know, whatever. You do you, Philly. And uh, moving on, Red Wings getting Dukovich for Bernier in the third. Oh, it was terrible by the Hurricanes. Dukovich not only way better, they also signed him for, like, not as much. Like, it, it does not make any sense. Good job, Steve Eisman. Way to be a good GM. Yeah, that's definitely a good move on Detroit. They're really going to be up and coming. I've already said this about Alec Nadalchevich, but he's going to be great for Detroit. Anyway, but here's something that really was a little strange. It was the New York Islanders dumped Andrew Laud, a 2021 second-round pick, and a two conditional picks, a 2022 second and a 2023 third, for no return. Yeah, I think no return is going to be one of the best players um, in this trade. Uh, no return, obviously, has a, never been a minus out there on the ice. He's never lost a game. No return has just been very, very good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but Andrew Ladd, though, uh, he had a ton of cap, and he's kind of just there. He wasn't very good at this point. His career, second, uh, another second, or a conditional second, and a conditional third. Not too sure what the conditions were, but, um, yeah, I think, honestly, it's a good trade for both teams. Yeah, like, it makes sense money-wise, but, like, they didn't have to give up a second. It just didn't make too much sense. Now, this is going to be the final trade we're doing in, the, in, a, in this little trade section between the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. This one happened a while ago, July 12th, but we've been gone a little while, so here we go. The Oilers got Duncan Keith, the former Stanley Cup winner, and Tim Soderlund in exchange for Caleb Jones and a third-round pick. Personally, I don't see why Edmonton did this. Duncan Keith is good. He's not a little out of his prime. It didn't make sense to give away that defensive piece they needed, but... It's kind of interesting. Leo, what are your thoughts? I think Chicago finessed Edmonton. Not only is Caleb Jones the best player in this trade, they also got a third-round pick out of it. Duncan Keith is out of his prime. It's not like he's kind of a liability. He has a ton of cap, too. Caleb Jones is younger, cheaper, and better, and they got a third. It makes no sense why Edmonton did this and Chicago finessed them. Love to see it. Maybe like They're going to take that one stab at, at the cup, and honestly... I, obviously, I'd be mad if they won because it's not Boston, but I'd prefer them over Tampa with a three-peat, you know? I agree. So that is it for our trade section. Let's move on to our news section where we covered some of the larger news topics. This isn't everything, but this is a lot. Let's start with the Invander Kane situation. The Chicago's, the, sorry, the San Jose Sharks player, Evander Kane, apparently has been gambling a lot. Yeah, uh, not just gambling a lot, gambling a lot against his own team, throwing his own games. He's actually down $50 million, and he pretty much just left his wife, who was pregnant with their kid, I think, or either just had the kid. Either way, 
That's crazy. I mean, Evander Kane, like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, how do you, jeez. Like, one, like, you're betting against your own games. And two, you're you're losing. Like, how are you down 50 million? It makes no sense, whatever. And, for, like, a lot of Evander Kane's teammates don't even want to be on the same team with him. Just because not only is it an awful teammate before, like, this just came out. Like, that was terrible. Like, Evander, like, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah. What kind of respectful player will bet on their own games and throw them for a quick buck. The, the man's paid a salary here. and Just I'm down 50 million. It's not working. Yeah, clearly it's an addiction for him at this point. And his own teammates, they said that if Kane will be a part of the team, they don't want to be. So this is this is not only going to hurt him, his family, but also the whole San Jose Sharks organization. Yeah, and uh, apparently there will be a full investigation by the NHL to uh, really look into it and to see what's going on. Yeah, and in some sadder news, NHL legend Tony Esposito died of pancreatic cancer a few weeks ago. Yeah, obviously very unfortunate. He was a great player. Um, very sad to see him pass of cancer. Yeah. One of the greatest goalies. Of his time. Yeah. Uh, but in some better news, I guess, uh, the NHLPA recommends that players will get vaccinated. Sorry, and by recommends, that means, like, you're getting it or you're getting fined. So, recommend is the term loosely. But, uh, yeah, so the NHL Players Association is saying get vaccinated or we're going to dock your pay. Um, I, I guess that makes sense because not only, like, as soon as COVID, they got to shut down the whole thing and it takes a while. Anyways, um, yeah, I like that rule personally. But you don't have to agree with me. Yeah. You're not bet. If you're well, anti-vax. Personally, I think that is a perfect and well-made rule. Like, why? Sh- like, of course, the players should be fined if they are putting their teammates, fans, and coaches and other players in harm's way. Like, if they get and spread it, it's a bad thing. Some players do not play the same afterwards. It's not only hurting them physically, but their careers as well. I think this is this is a great rule to make and very much useful. And in some injury news, Austin Matthews will miss. Well, he's going to miss a minimum of six weeks because he had successful wrist surgery. So hopefully he will get better soon. Or hopefully he will get better soon. I'm not exactly wishing for him to score 50 goals against the Bruins, but good luck to him. Yeah, and in some other news, you got Victor Stahlberg retiring at the age of 35. Played the Leafs, Blackhawks. Predators, Rangers, Senators, and Canes with a total of 488 games. Good career by him. Good job, Victor. Good luck uh, in retirement. Yeah, that's good for him. He's had a long, nice career. I just hope he plays good wherever he plays and hope he has fun. And in some Olympic news, John Cooper has been named head coach of Team Canada. Bruce Casty will be his assistant, so we're going to start hearing from a lot of the Olympic teams soon to see who's going to be doing what. Hopefully, we'll get to report on the Olympics soon when they happen. Yeah, and hopefully the NHL players are allowed to play because I know there is a break, but, you know, yeah, we'll see. But, um, oh, speaking of which, in case you didn't know, players will actually not be able to uh, play uh, due to COVID, which actually it does not make sense due to contracting COVID. Well, I don't know. Well, actually, I really get this. I'm going to interpret this a little differently. Players actually, they will not be paid for the games they miss if they contract COVID during the Olympics. So this is actually suggesting that the players will be able to play in the so Olympics, okay. which is going to be amazing. It's very, finally that was very confusing. Now Olympic hockey will be interesting again. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, because before Russia would just win because all the KHL players would just play. Yeah, and now it's going to be interesting. I might 
actually spend more time on the Olympics because I'd always just watch the NHL instead. Okay, uh, I'm very sorry. I misinterpreted the uh, the text. My fault. But um, it's some other kind of news, more like player drama. But um, Robin Leonard, man, he's a he's a funny guy. I'd recommend watching or just like looking at the stuff he posts on Twitter. Yeah, he's a pretty interesting guy. He was asked to rank his top five goalies. It didn't include Carey Price, and Montreal fans went at him. He can he they asked him if Carey Price what if was the goat of Canadian hockey uh, of goal I mean the best goalie like the goat of goalies of Canadian goalies. He said no. He named a bunch of other goalies he thought was better. A little surprising, taking some stats. Also, he thinks he's very much underpaid, which is a little interesting. Which is honestly true. I do think yeah. he's top ten goalie, but. I don't think he's like massively underpaid. I think he's kind of underpaid. I just think Harry Price is overpaid. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. it's fun to watch him. I'd, we'd recommend it. Yeah, it's in some uh, other player drama. We got Krill Kaprizov. Uh, actually, he has a deal in place with the Russian team if he doesn't sign with the Minnesota Wild because he wants like an absurd amount of money that they're just not willing to pay. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll let you know. If he actually just signed to Russia, but that'd actually be a crazy story, winning rookie of the year and then just dipping to Russia because you don't get the money that he wanted. That would be pretty fun, but say he's a great talent in the league and it's gonna be sad not to see him playing alongside his Minnesota Wild teammates. Mm-hmm. Didn't one of them say that they were willing to like fly over to Russia and just pick him up themselves? It's like go get a which which one of one of his teammates said that. Oh, I'm blinking on which one that is. Hmm. Oh, one of them did look it up. Uh, <laughs> in some other news, the NWHL will be streaming their 2021-2022 season on Twitch. It's an interesting platform. Yeah, uh, makes all the games very accessible to watch. I support it. The games. Yeah, and they they should be fun to watch. I'm excited. I wish the NHL would do that, and I could watch for free, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> John Tortorello would join ESPN as an analyst for the 2021-2022 season. That's going to be very fun to watch him as an analyst. He's just going to be... Uh, very, very livid at some things. Uh, he might be yelling at his own team or his former team, the Blue Jackets. I think it'd be funny. I mean, the Blue Jackets, some of the players hated Tortorella, like Line A, and since he left, uh, we, uh, Line A was just like, yeah, no, I love it here. Because <laughs> Tortorella left. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him. Uh, I'm excited. And also, Paul Byron will miss the next five months due to hip surgery. Hopefully, he'll be feeling better and get back to playing in no time. Yep. And uh, some other news. We got David Krejci has left the Boston Bruins uh, to play in front of his family in the Czech Republic. It doesn't say – he didn't say he was retiring. He never said – look, I don't think he'll come back. But he never said he was retiring, one. Two, he said for the season. So, we'll see. We'll see. And I looked it up. The Czech season ends like March 8th. So, you know he could come back to the playoffs. I'm not saying he will. But there's a chance. Like, yes, there is a chance, but I don't think that's going to happen because the reason he left is to play in front of his family. Yeah, he'll play in front of his family and leave. Yeah, like, I think he wants to be with his family. He wants to end his career of him. He's still playing at that top level. He wants to show off his skills in front of his hometowns. Like, I see why he does it. I'm very sad that he left. I wish he could stay in Boston, but I understand. Anyway, um... Tyler Myers and Quentin Grimes have become the first siblings duo drafted into the NHL and NBA. So that's very exciting. I was wondering they're half-siblings. Yes, that's true. But it's still fun to see a bit of connection between the two leagues as they grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, D-Man 
Nicholas Jalmerson has retired at the age of 34 with 821 games played, the Coyotes and Blackhawks. Well, mazel tov for, to him on his retirement. Hope he fares well. And this wasn't everything that happened over the offseason. In all of our sections, we haven't covered every little bit. There are many places you guys could go and find them if you want. This is just what we were able to cover in this long episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blotner. We are Twigs on the Rocks, and have a great night.